we can change both the way we work on the surface, but also internally. And we can take entire organizations or entire countries with us if we have the right conversations. And I think having a discussion based on facts rather than old assumptions, this is something that I want to drive forward. Now is the time. You're invited to join us, a movement of leaders who are willing to step into a new approach to leadership across the global landscape. This is as simple as humanity being just you and I, and stakeholders being the value you place on each decision to add or take away from humanity going forward. Hold a minute. Stay with us. We know people like you want to play at a different scale. And these conversations help create the opportunity for you to take this up a notch, or two, or a whole lot more. With a curiosity, let's dig deeper, behind the scenes to see the why, the what, the where, the who, and the when. From other smart humans who make smart decisions and innovate smart, sustainable solutions to narrow the gap from problem to solution. Learn in today's conversation how you can begin to do this. Come, join us. All right, here we are. Are you ready for a conversation, Nadine? Yeah, sure. All right, let's just, what I want to do is just open up like our table to really the world to see behind the scenes of how we're thinking, what you're doing in your world and where you think the world is going for humanity going forward. Because I think that there's this conversation we're not having where we're looking at humanity and looking at humanity through different lenses. And I know you do lenses and we can have some really interesting conversations around that. So just because others haven't joined our conversation until now, what is it that you feel is your genius that you bring to the table? Wow, that's a deep, deep question. <laughs> we only do deep. We go straight from deep to deeper. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, actually, I haven't thought about it this way. So let me improvise here. So I think my genius is I, I have an intuitive feel for science. So I come from background of science, but also in putting it into a way, translating the findings from science in a way that people can understand it and making them relevant to our world today. And usually this process takes... I don't know, 10, 20 years usually for the new insights from science to actually reach our everyday lives. And what I do and what my genius is, is getting this accelerated and making this maybe months or years. Yeah, wow, love that. You know, with the intuitive side, like there's often been this kind of woo-woo-ness. So I love this conversation that we've gone straight into kind of like the intuitive intelligence side of it. How do we see it through not so woo-woo, but really a scientific background? Take us into that conversation. Yeah, I mean, we're both, so science thrives on technology, right? And a lot has happened over the last decade. So Mm -hmm. now we can observe emotions in a scanner. We can actually, you know, visualize emotions and we can show how one emotion is different in the way it lights up the brain from another, Mm. which really brings together the stuff that we maybe know intuitively that maybe anger feels very different, not just physically, but also on a more intangible level from joy, but now we can actually see that it's really, the brain lights up in a different way. And these kind of technologies bring new insights because we can measure things we could never measure before and we can bring together different scientific fields that traditionally have been separate. I mean, 
natural scientists, yeah, some of us are very arrogant. We don't consider <laughs> traditionally psychology a real science. Yeah. But this stop, you know, these things need to come together and these people working in these fields need to work together because now it's like the missing pieces of the puzzles are actually provided by, mm -hmm. by technology that helps these things fuse. Yeah, I think that's a new lens we need to really adopt is actually also having not just the deep focus on one side, psychology, neuroscience, behavioral mm -hmm. economics, but it needs to come together. You know, we also need to zoom out. We're not just zooming in, but also zooming out, seeing the bigger picture and see how these things connect and fit together and explain things that we couldn't explain five years ago. Oh, I love that. There's so much gold even just in that. But I think there's this interesting conversation around the fact that data doesn't lie. So that's a scientific kind of backing up to anything that we say or don't say or whatever is a true statement or not, I guess. But I think what is interesting is, and the thing that I've always been fascinated in, is looking at patterns. And to me, that is like where the neuroscientists come together with the psychology side. And I have no idea really about the scientific, except that I get interested into that and <laughs> I realize that patterns fall into that. From the patterns that you're seeing with, say, the joy, anger, how does this benefit us as a human race going forward? I think realizing that we are not set in our ways, mm. understanding that there are patterns and that these patterns are not static. I mean, when I was still at high school, people told us, you know, once you're an adult, you're set in your ways, your brain can change. And we know today that that's not true. And that provides enormous potential, knowing that it's our daily actions that actually shape our brain, whether we continue doing the same old stuff, which is reinforcing and making old paths stronger, or whether we choose a new path. It's all, it's not, you know, theory, it's actually happening. And yeah. one of the things I like to do with some of the new clients I have is actually let them, I give them three juggling balls when we start working together. Oh, yes. And I tell them when we next time we speak seven days from now, I want you to, to do eight ball contacts with three balls of juggling. Wow. And I don't give them any other instruction. And after that week, what I tell them is that the experiment has actually been done with people practicing 10, 15, 20 minutes a day of juggling who've never juggled in their life. And after wow. one week, they can do a few contacts, you know, and they drop a ball. And that's not the point. The point is if you, you know, they scanned the brains of these people and they saw already the changes in a scanner after seven days. And that tells us for our world that we need to constantly adapt to stay on track with the world and on, keep up the pace but it also shows us that it can be done that it's not a theoretical or spiritual concept yeah. that says you can change but it's actually something that's very true and as you said you can measure and you can show people yeah and you know being able to put this picture in front of somebody and saying this is what happened in your brain after the last seven days you were struggling you felt frustrated but hey the change is there mm. i've been fascinated with the brain i mean one of, I mean, you've met my son, I think, but where he was born with half his brain, totally brain damaged and the speckles on the other side. And we were told at best he would survive birth, but he would be in a vegetated state. I always believe, and, you know, way before he came into existence, that we had so many brain cells we could access. We just didn't always know the neuro pathways to get there but that if we were determined to figure out the next step, it would somehow get to the point where we needed to. That was always my belief. And so mm. when he came along, I even though that was what the x-rays showed, you know, of his brain, I never believed it. I just figured that we could just 
access different parts of his brain so that he could get that function. Now, the side that's brain damaged totally is the speaking side. And anyone that's met my son knows he speaks very well. In fact, sometimes yeah. we want him to not speak, you know, because you never know what's going to come out of that mouth. But that's a good problem to have when you think he shouldn't be able to speak at all. And so I learned very quickly when he was born or even before he was born of the power of really looking for different pathways to get to accessing different brain cells. And, and it's been an amazing journey. And, you know, he's about to turn 19. So, you know, the brain is an amazing, amazing, I don't know, what do you call it? Muscle? And Yeah, I think you can train it like a muscle. It's a nice I analogy. I do too. And I think that's where a lot of the time in business or in companies and, and things like that, that we need to learn to make decisions that actually create different pathways and what we're doing. That side of it fascinates me to how can we create these cultures that are, and what I say is that we need to create a new culture going forward in our companies, and that is 100% for humanity. And I think we can do a lot of that through, you know, rewiring where has been the normal behaviour to get a different result now. Yeah, yeah, and I think also... You know, if we're just talking strictly business, just looking at the bottom line impact, I think if we take people in organizations along and we, you know, maybe the fancy offices we've seen from various companies which are encouraging play, that's just the start because that's more like, okay, how can we get people to have fun? But if we can think about how we can we design it so it actually supports both our mental and physical health, I think, you know, moving from the short-term thinking, how can I maximize results for my individuals and my organization, really thinking about how can I make this sustainable and get sustainable impact? Because we know if people don't use several of these strategies, I mean, burnout's just been recognized officially, you know, a condition related to chronic stress in the mm -hmm. workplace, but it doesn't need to be that way. And so what are, uh, some, what are some practical strategies that could work to change that? Yeah, so one of the things... We all know exercise is good for you, right? We, yeah. we've, we've heard a lot about how it helps our cardiovascular health, how it reduces the risk of diabetes. But what people don't talk about that much is that it actually improves our ability to focus. It helps us. It actually increases the part of the brain that's responsible for learning and memory retention, the yeah. hippocampus. So, and it doesn't need to take that much. We have in our head that, okay, if you want to get this benefit, you need to, you know, spend several hours a day in a treadmill. But I just read a, a relatively new study and it showed it's relatively short bursts of energy equivalent to about 4,000 steps. That's enough to generate that result. So it's, we're talking about like 10, 15 minutes of exercise and that fits into every day. And just having that recognition, it's not just about looking good when you look into the mirror. It's not about, you know, managing weight. It's not about maybe looking just after your cardiovascular health, but it's something that has an effect right now. Yeah. And again, something that you can see and that you can measure. And especially when you get to the corporate world, what's in our minds is often really the most treasured aspect of ourselves. And we sure. so, so even if you think of that, like mm. I can see the effect short term, right? Like we're going to have more energy. We're going to then produce better. What about long term? Like there must be research showing if we're moving more physically, healthier that we're going to long-term be able to cope better like what are the sort of yeah I mean there's there's definitely data indicating there's also relation to neurodegenerative diseases yeah. that 
you know, plague more and more of us as, mm. you know, the age span becomes longer. But there's also the thing that exercise... So what we have known in the last few years is something that was a taboo before is that actually there are new brain cells being born in your brain every single day. Yeah. And there's two areas in the brain where we know that it's happening. I'm actually kind of thankful for this, by the way. Yeah. I, I need new brain cells every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and there's actually a few things that are interesting about it. The, the parts that we have so far observed the brain growing new brain cells in the, in the process called neurogenesis. Wow. Is, is the hippocampus, which is responsible for le- memory and learning, and it's the striatum, which is involved in the whole emotional processing. Mm. So what has been shown is if you have ex- exercise, you basically, your brain starts releasing growth factors that encourage these neurons being born and actually to survive. When you don't exercise and you have a lot of mental stress, you have high levels of the stress hormone cortisol, which does exactly the opposite. It inhibits yeah. this process. And that's one of the reasons why people who have chronic stress find themselves, you know, worried about losing their edge. They're worried about their memory saying, you know, I used to be able to remember things and it's all connected. And we've been made to move, you know, we've not been designed, you know, for nature to catch up with our lifestyles today. It's going to take a while. And our bodies have been designed to be hunters and gatherers and, and move. And that's what we need to do. Okay, so you've talked, I love it, you've talked about like the intuitive intelligence, which is one of the lenses, the physical intelligence, which is another lens that I believe that we need to have. You've talked about the emotional intelligence, which I believe we need to have. What about like with the whole physical side of it, with the brain hacking and like there's a real sort of trend going that way right now. We've got to hack our brains and there's a lot of people using different, you know, alternative things to get them there or they might be having ice baths every three hours. No, I don't know. But they're doing pretty crazy things and it seems like yeah. almost an addiction in some areas of business. Are we just going off on a crazy trend? Is there ways to brain hack that are more healthy than other ways? What is your thinking on that? Yeah, I think it reflects that people are looking for answers, but people either, you know, very rationally or intuitively recognize that something needs to happen to keep up with the, the yeah. way the world's changing around us and that we need to find maybe different strategies to cope. I think as with most things, there's probably things that make sense and things that don't make sense mm-hmm. uh, out there. Personally, I believe it should be taught at school how to regulate, how to deal with strong emotions, how to deal with setbacks, how to, you know, create, what can you do to create insight? I mean, there's, we know today there's things you can do to create insight. There's things you can do to improve your memory. And that truly should be something that's taught at school because none of these things, you know, they're simple. They're just not easy to do if you don't know how. And what people believe often you may mention people spending several hours is that it's these big drastic changes that produce the mm. big results. But the opposite is actually true for the brain. It needs for the brain to really learn and grow and be plastic. It needs it small actions every day. It needs to do it again and again and again, because that's the way you create these patterns. Is, that, the why, is-, is that why discipline and repetitive is so good at getting it into your DNA? Is that why one of the reasons? Yeah, yeah. So basically, the way the brain encodes patterns different from things you're doing only once consciously. Mm. Maybe an example is when you brushed your teeth this morning, 
mm-hmm. chances are you were somewhere else in your thoughts and suddenly you knew you finished brushing teeth and you were reasonably confident that you didn't miss anything, but you didn't really pay attention what you were doing. Yeah. Is that something you noticed? Yeah, probably. And sometimes that's with driving, right? When we've done the same route all the time. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden you go, where was I? Well, how did I get here kind of thing? And you exactly. just go, whoa, that was automatic. But really, yeah. sometimes. Exactly. And that's your patterns at work. And the part why you're not paying attention is because they're, they're processed by a different part of your brain. And there's been some, you know, studies also with people who lost the part of their brain that allows them to form like the normal short-term memories. Yes. But they still can create patterns like that. Yeah. And wow. we function mostly on these patterns. And in order to change them, you first need to come off the autopilot. Yes. Because you first need to know what patterns you have and you need to come off the autopilot and then you need to create a new pattern and to create the pattern, you have to repeat it many, many times. Yes. And, you know, the school of thought, how long it takes to create a habit. I mean, you hear yeah, how long do you think? I can tell you my best is it's somewhere between 90 and 100 days, which wow. is also what many people say. And the reason I think that is, is once because there's empirical studies saying this is about how long it takes but the other thing is interestingly for the new neurons that are being born in your brain to fully integrate and be fully functional in your networks it takes about 12 weeks so that's maybe a coincidence i don't think so wow so how can i do something that will grow better ones in 12 weeks what can i do now that would do that yeah well there's actually you need to take i think we need to take a holistic view and things so there's actually Three things on your physical health, and we've all heard them. There's something around nutrition. We talked already a bit about exercise. And sleep is also incredibly important because Mm. all of these things basically help these growth factors go up and cortisol to go down. If you have high cortisol levels, you're inhibiting most of the things that are related to brain health. That's why physical health is so important. Whether, you know, it doesn't mean you need to become an athlete. Oh, that would be kind of nice. But that's something, you know, you can start (laughs) every day. It's like get moving. Yes. Sleep, you know. And many of the things that we heard more from the, what you said earlier, the woo-woo world, meditation is really now being backed up by science. And it does a lot in terms of how you process information in your brain and helps to calm your brain, but also make your brain smarter. Yeah. So things, you know, are coming together and it's small things you can take. and. What we do, we on our journey with our clients, we tell them you don't need to spend hours a day with what we do. And sometimes that scares them too because most of the assignments they have are like five to 10 minute small things they need to do. And it's more the repetition that builds it. And it's small things like, you know, becoming aware of of your own patterns. Like actually, first of all, becoming aware. I said people actually need to start becoming literate at emotion because most of the time we have no idea what we feel. Yeah. You know, we ask, how are you? And we say, good. Maybe we say, not too good, but it's usually like something that's not very specific. And My thing of- is when everyone says good, I always go, so what does good mean for you? Yeah, exactly. You get into a conversation around that because it's so easy for us to do what we've taught to. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Because yeah. then we don't actually have to go any deeper. We don't have to deal with what's going on. We may not, you know, and human beings don't really like confrontation a lot of the time either. So we would go away from rather than towards if that was the situation. And I'm I'm true believer of getting at the table conversations because I think this is what we've got to do to bring a lot of change forward as well is we've got to have, learn how to have these uncomfortable conversations 
because we're not always going to agree at the table. And in fact, that's one of the biggest conversations I'm having at the moment. How do we get at the table and be okay to know that we're probably going to disagree? And because it's so easy in our world, we only want the people at the table that are going to agree with me. And that is where we are never going to get any change if we keep doing it. You know, I'm pretty keen to be able to have tables where we can, you know, have many different people at that table with different thinking and we're probably 90% of the time not even going to agree. But what if there was one thing we could agree on and that one thing could shift the dial by 1%? What would that do? How would that change, you know, what we're doing out there? A slight disruption to the conversation. I have a question for you. Are you even a little curious to see how you can use your platform to change the conversation? To maybe design solution pathways where you have certainty and afford movement? Or truly do you want to increase your economic and cultural impact? Awesome human, if you want to lead, to pioneer a new approach, to role model what is possible and to leave sustainable footprints for the generations to come? then I would love for you to reach out to me and the team to see if we're the right fit to make this a reality for you. And if we're not, no hard feelings, as I know many awesome humans who may be the right one. Okay, I've included three ways in the show notes where you can begin a pathway with us on a journey to your next level. One, a strategy analysis. Two, the next growth incubator cycle three, a potential investment partnership. As founder and CEO of Decision Velocity Global, I'm all about building a sustainable, scalable growth ecosystem where humanity like you are stakeholders to design cutting edge solution pathways and to narrow the gap from problem to solution. I want you to come on this journey with me and others and not to be left behind. There is a seat at the table for you. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. And I think that's incredibly important because, you know, no matter which perspective you take or which opinion you take, their current thinking won't get them to the next level because they are stuck in it. They're stuck in that in that pattern and bringing it together. And even just, even if it's like a friendly confrontation just opens up. The thought, I love that know, the friendly mm, confrontation. Right. I wonder what that really truly <laughs> is. There such a thing as a friendly confrontation. I wonder what people will think of that one. Right. Hey, here's yeah. a question. Like you said it earlier and I think it's something that is a pretty interesting conversation right now. And that is life is changing very, very fast. And I think a lot of leaders across the world are struggling with doing those pivots because I think that we need to learn to pivot very quickly. Mm. How do you think or what is your thinking around, you know, adjusting to the speed of what is happening across the world to what is healthy or what we should be thinking or not thinking? What do you think? That's a good question. You know, we'd say companies need to be able to be agile, pivot quickly, be light on their feet. You know, we see massive transformations of whole R&D organizations or entire organizations being transformed 
to work in more agile ways and more agile processes. But what gets left behind is really, again, the people. You know, how can we expect an organization and the people in the organization become more agile is, yeah. if we as leaders are not agile in our minds? And I'm not talking about the problem-solving aspect, but I'm really talking about, you know, being agile also in respect of how our intuition works, how our feeling world that we as leaders often don't want to get in touch with. Now, yeah. stay, stay away from that. But it is something we need because it's information and it's information we are ignoring when we say, when we close ourselves to intuition and the way people, the organizations are still people, right? That's what most of the organizations are and we're leaving them behind. And I think that's also where we see transformations of organizations, organizations who could do much more grinding themselves because they focus on the processes, they focus on the stuff that's tangible and they forget the intangible stuff that's the driving force behind all of it. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting and, and you know, I'm really really pushing for us to create cultures in our companies or businesses that are really, you know, for me, it's about 100% for humanity. And I think part of that is about sustainability. And, you know, we've got to be able to sustain it as humans, not just the short term, but the long term. And if we keep at the paces that we're going, I think, A, it's devastating to what it can be, what the consequences to that can be. I think also that there's the room for we're never going to be able to keep up to it. So then, you know, AI or other things are going to take over because humanity just cannot keep. And reality is humans are a beautiful part of this world and we've got to look after them. And so that means I believe also in companies and in what we're doing, both in like the leadership side of it, but also you know, what we're creating as products and services to humanity as the wider, broader, global sort of scale. You know, if we keep going the way we are, are we going to, you know, are we starting to put things in places in our companies or businesses that are going to actually be beneficial for humanity? Or are we, if we're not careful, just going down a path of destruction? Wow, that's a good question. And I think you'll probably find both. You will find companies that will make a real effort into taking the, the bigger picture, which is, mm. as you say, you know, humanity. And you will find companies who only pay lip service to it. And the, I think the bigger question is how can we get those companies that are currently paying lip service and might not even know they're only paying lip service to step up in that, in that way and play their game play their, have their playbook include the larger picture. Mm -hmm. Because if you look on companies, corporate websites and annual reports, you will find almost every report mentions sustainability, but there's very few that actually have proper actions that have impact in the world behind yeah. it. Yeah. So here's an interesting thing. Big topics, amazing conversations that we've had here, right? And lots of people can go, that's lovely. Gosh, I get how it needs to be sustainable. I get how we need to do these pivots and things like that. Reality is that I believe that we can all bring change in what we do. In your world, how can you bring one thing that can really just change the dial and shift it even 1%? Whoa. Okay. Shift it I think it starts always, I think, for me, with having better conversations and having conversations, coming back to our discussion in the beginning, with the right people on a table 
and also with people who maybe in the day-to-day -day world disagree and having better conversations around these topics because I think a lot of it can, you can learn a lot from conversations and you can learn even more from disagreement because what yeah. do you learn if everybody just agrees with your point of view? You know, you maybe feel good, but you're not pushing anything forward. So having better conversations and moving past the initial disagreement, I think is probably would take us further than 1%. Beautiful. So you can have better conversations because you can start having more of these conversations with the right people at the table or different people at the table. Then what do you do with those conversations? Because I had that, that literally this with a call today with a, an amazing man from Melbourne and Australia and he is actually a comedian in the corporate arena and he's bringing the conversation up about you know, breaking down patriarch sort of thinking. And he says it's very difficult because he's trying to introduce these conversations. And I'm like, well, so where are you going to take those once you've introduced them? So I think awareness is a great thing. And I think the next on the, the pathway is taking responsibility. So you've got these beautiful conversations happening. What then? Well, maybe it sounds very very simple but I'd say for me every conversation ends with you know the next steps the actions with you know every party is going to agree to take and it doesn't need to be a huge action it just needs to be there just needs to be what was that last one yeah there just needs to be an action it doesn't need to be you know the big pivotal action yet but as long as every party every conversation ends with each party taking an action as a result of the conversation I think that drives it forward so what's your next action then? My next action? Yes. Wow, I've got so many actually. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think probably one of my biggest actions relating to this conversation is also making sure that more of these conversations like the one we have today is happening. Mm -hmm. um, so with that in mind, how can someone like me get mm -hmm. more of these conversations with people like you happening so that we're more of a I really think if we can get less individual and more collaborative it is the solution to stop a lot of this isolation happening across the world so what would we need to do to get something happening in a bigger way wow you caught me there I know <laughs> but this is the thing like it's like we know that we need to have these conversations yeah. we need to have more of these conversations we see the benefit of us sitting at a table and just thinking and sharing and and you know digging deeper into this thinking and then what do we do with it and I think that's where mm. it's you know we need to start thinking how can we collaborate like where you and I can now that we've had this conversation, what can we then do? Where do we need to take it? Or what can, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I have to say I don't have a straightforward answer to it yet. That's okay. But I guess <laughs> what I want to do is just get us thinking. And I think, yeah. I think that this is the exciting thing is that we often know what the problem is. We often know yeah. we have a solution but then the solution isn't actually a finite solution. It actually has pieces to it. And we often can stop at this and go, yeah. right, we've got that conversation. Now we're, we know we need to have more of these. And that's where yeah. the conversation stops. And yeah, I want to always know that we're taking it 
and continuing yeah. on from that. Yeah, because your, your question, question. said something up in, in my head, which was like, yeah, I can have more of these conversations. And I was thinking, yeah, but that's more one-on-one -on -one conversations. So mm. what would actually need to happen to, you know, bring this on a larger table, bring this, make this easier, and also maybe not make it non-obvious one-on-one yeah. -on -one or group conversations. Because most of us are still limited by their, their network, by their circle of influence. So that's kind of where I got stuck. Okay, how could actually this look not like I'll add another three one-on-ones or another 10 or another 100, but yes. what would actually that look like? Oh, I love it. Thank I don't you. have an answer for you. It's okay, but that's okay, right? And that's the thing. I think we need to be willing to have these conversations that we don't necessarily know the answers. If we knew all the answers, then there is no room to improve. There's no room to change the results. There's no room to rewire to a new pattern and the exciting thing is that if we continue to want to learn if we continue to want to research if we continue to want to deep dive into in your case the scientific side around it as well and then we have these conversations that's where growth can begin we can change some of these patterns and you know take it to a different level okay last question just before we stop this if you were people were to remember what you stood for and what you brought to this world and to this table, what is that that you'd like to leave them with today? Yeah, I think it is. We can change both the way we work on the surface, but also internally. And we can take entire organizations or entire countries with us if we have the right conversations. And even if we, you know, drop our prejudice that some things are just, as you said, woo-woo, because <laughs> and really look at the side that we can actually measure. And I think even some things that are intuitively feel right, we will see science back it up. And I think having a discussion based on facts rather than old assumptions, this is something that I want to drive forward. Oh, I love it. It's been so awesome. Thank you for letting the world in on our conversation at our table. And yeah, I look forward to, you. Uh, you know, furthering our conversation sometime later in the, and learning more of where you're going, going forward. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, leave awesome ratings and reviews. Our hope is that this product creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next and a curiosity for the need to be a part of the change to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, join us at our next Global Human Intelligence Forum and get your free ticket for you, plus one, to give to someone you know who will add value. When you sign up for the two-hour Zoom, blaze a trail, shift the dial forward. Both links are in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us build a tribe and make humanity as stakeholders. Let's achieve this together. Recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, pioneers, future thinkers, and movement changes. Big love, plus I can't wait to see you on the next Global Human Intelligence Podcast.